Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Podcasting world doesn't wait for anyone. No. And especially not you. Why? Well, because you're on your phone as I was about to. You're always on your phone. Look at your screen time. Why don't you get your, go and get your screen time on? No, my, so my screen time, it, went, it flashed off this morning, said I was on my phone for an average of 10 hours a day. There you go. It's not, it's not true. That is, so your phone's lying to you? I don't, I, I literally didn't use my phone all weekend and then it came up with that. Yeah, but you'll be on your phone all day, that means. I'm going to look at my screen time. <laughs> okay, your screen time last week, an average of, oh God, is this bad? What, before I say this, what do we think is a bad screen time? Yeah, per day. I think anything over like seven hours is probably pretty bad. That's most of the working day. Anything over seven hours is bad? Seven <laughs> hours, 22 minutes a day. That's pretty much a person's full working day, isn't it? Eight that hours. is shocking. M- mine said I was on there for 10 hours. It's not true, though. Lying to me. You're, 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 Kate, what's yours? <clears throat> Felipe, what's yours? You, yours is two. Yeah. Not not over seven. <laughs> what what am I doing? <clears throat> Flip it. Oh my god! I don't. Okay, okay, fine, guys, you win. Mitts Mitts at ten hours. Ten but hours a day. It can't be right. I don't. I'm actually quite good on my phone these days. I don't use it. Ten oh hours god. a day. That is shocking. I don't, I don't think I'm awake for ten hours a day. <clears throat> Four hours 30 last week. That's bad that we're spending that much time on our phones. This is why, if you're listening to this, you should uh, listen to more podcasts. Listen to podcasts. Don't even look at your screens. Just close that. Get it playing. Close the screen up. Yeah. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome back to a bonus episode of Private Paths. Uh, me and your boy, Alex, here. Private Path. Yeah, Private Path. If you didn't know, the Mercury is in retrograde. It is. Damn straight is. So if you're freaking out, Which you're not feeling yourself. you're going to have a lack of communication skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna come on, be all over the place. That's exactly what it said. Yeah, it's, it's what I've been feeling recently. This past, this past, <laughs> this is what I mean. Communication is broken down. Here, all right, I'm hungry. Okay, I'm, I haven't eaten today. I haven't eaten today. I'm a little bit hungry. You have, really? No, you haven't eaten today. I have not eaten. You're today. looking quite sort of hench, like big because I've been training, baby. Been um, training, baby. Let's talk more. Let's talk more about that. I'm, I'm interested in that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a, a Friday episode of Private Parts. Today, we have the wonderful Sarah Pascoe on the podcast. Yeah. She's a comedian, a mother, a friend, and one of the funniest, I think one of the funniest people I know. She is so funny. TV host, she does it all. She's a writer. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just waiting for you to stop the list. It goes on and on. If you had to say, if you had to give me a list, what would you say? I've got to be my friend, Jamie. He's a... What would you say? Honestly, the first word that came to my head was, was wanker. I, I, I tried so hard for it not to be that, and it was. <laughs> it's awful. Ah, it's it's just thing. awful. 
<laughs> guns into my I tried my best. Um, no, I'd yeah, I'd have to think about it and come back to you. <laughs> um, we had a great episode with Sarah today. Um, just really funny talking about motherhood, talking about everything. Uh, hopefully, you really enjoyed the episode. Thank you also so much for tuning into our bonus episodes every single Wednesday. We love the fact that you love them. Um, and please slide into our DMs at Private Podcast. Tweet us. Okay. Tweet us now that Elon <laughs> Musk's about to buy the platform. Yeah, why don't you tweet us? You can say what you want as well. Has he made gonna... it free speech? No, he's not actually bought it yet. I thought he had. Fanning around. No, he uh, there's some sort of debate over how many bots there are. So it's throwing the price off or something. I don't know. Well, you know a little bit. I don't do business like that. <laughs> okay, baby. Um, all right, everybody. Enjoy the episode and we'll, yeah. Hey, just enjoy the episode. You ready for it? Put your slippers on. Yeah, crack, lean back. Crack open a can of whoop ass. I was about to say whoop ass as well. No way. Yeah, a can That's, of whoop ass. We are just on, on sync, in sync. In sync. In sync. Here we go. All right, everybody. Enjoy the episode with Sarah Pascoe on Private <clears throat> That's what I think about cheese, you know. What you you like cheese? I love Emmental. You like Emmental? You with the holes uh, in. Holy cheese! I used to call mm. it as a kid. Great in a sandwich. Yeah. Emmental. What what is Emmental? Nutty. It's, it's yeah. It's nutty. Nutty. Nut, nutty flavor. Almost nutty. Yeah. yeah. With the holes in. What do you mean nutty? There's no nutty cheese. Yeah. It's yeah. Got, sort of a nutty. That's what they'd say. <laughs> you know, there's those some cheddars that have a crunch to them. Like when you there's almost like. And it like crunches in your mouth, but there isn't a crunch. But you, I'm going to put out that I'm not that I'm not a big cheese person. Really? So are you a cheese person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I went vegan, I was sort of dreaming about cheese. Everything else was quite easy to give up. Apparently, it turns into something a bit like morphine in your system. You know, people say like, "Oh, chocolate's good for endorphins." Mm. Cheese is really kind of soporific. <laughs> so wait, such so, a lie. So so There's is... no way that cheese turns no. to like okay. equivalent of morphine. People who've never had morphine say so it's yeah. very morphine-like. <laughs> They've heard. So cheese can be like morphine. Well, that's why people find it addictive. There's right. like a, obviously not actually like they're ruining their lives for cheese, but so, so they they not... test for cheese in the Olympics. You reckon? See if they're dosed up on. Yeah, they do. It's really serious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can't eat cheese before you get yeah. running. Apparently not. Sometimes yeah. they just they just sniff them. Like, <laughs> Red Lester, get out they, of here. They, get, they, they just put a mouse in the room. <laughs> I just yeah. I just don't I don't understand the obsession with cheese. I don't understand why what people. Are you, I do you, mean, what do you like? Do you like wine? Do you like olives? Mm, what crackers? Like hummus. Oh, I like hummus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sh- no, shamanism. Shamanism. What, what's wrong with hummus? Sports. No, I no. I, I hummus is my my go to. Mm. Um, you do like hummus. I love. Hummus. I've seen your. Bulls covered in hummus, actually. This is true. Quite a weird way to start off the podcast. Okay, so... Uh, it true. was an ex, ex-ex girlfriend? No, this sounds weirder than it was. We, we were, 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 were drunk. We were into some pretty kinky stuff. No, yeah. we were just drunk. What a night. waste of hummus. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, it didn't go to waste. Oh, God. <laughs> she licked it off. No, did no, she? she did not, Yes, Alex. she did. That's the bit I saw. No, you did not see any of I that. I had front no. row seats to that. No, you did not see any so of that. So is this where kink meets the very middle class? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, what are we going to rub on us? I'm going to get Tamaslata tonight. Mm. So you, you put it on yourself. Yeah. No, I, 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 
Thought it would be funny when I was younger to get a pot of hummus. Don't say younger. Well, yeah, yeah. Like How young? I was younger. How young? You were 27. Okay, yeah. right, okay. So, still an adult. Yeah. I was not an adult. I was young. Thought it would be funny. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be funny. Was, it, was it funny? Uh, yeah. Hilarious. It was. I, it was. Everyone <laughs> was laughing. And this was like a dinner party situation. After the dinner party, yeah. Everyone's gone home. There's hummus left over. Yeah, there's hummus left over. And I said, what can I do with that? <laughs> Can't find the lid. Yeah. So my, did use my penis as a lid. And that would be funny. Right. And then what turns out is it's not that funny because then we talk about it years later on a podcast that it doesn't really work in the but same... But someone did eat the, the she, hummus. She licked the hummus off. No, because she, she hates lick... food waste. She did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I found this out. What? Apparently when we clean out yogurt... Do you clean out yogurt pots? Do you clean out pots when you... <laughs> I'm very busy. <laughs> That's a really, really... <laughs> Unique question, <laughs> but I also don't put my genitals in them, <laughs> so it kind of balances out. That's literally like out. what a mass murderer asks you at a party before he kills everyone. Okay, so you clean what out you mean for recycling? Pots? You clean out your yeah, you pots. clean out your yogurt pots. You, do you, have you done that? No, no, no. Yeah, well, well okay. apparently, well, have you not? Do you not I, do that? I, probably, I don't do that. I probably have at some stage. But what you you clean them out? Well, yeah, if I'm feeling that. Oh god, I should. So why is the up. reason to clean them out? Because otherwise they can't be recycled. Yeah, apparently. Because so. I don't uh, really believe they're they're actually recycling our rubbish. Apparently, they're, they're recycling not. is a lot well, so worse. Why, why they're are not. You washing your yogurt pots. Yeah, because this is what I found out the other day. Yeah. So my whole theory was is that okay, fine, you're recycling. It's great. Mm. So apparently, just doesn't ever get recycled. No, it doesn't. If it's like mixed recycling, they're just burying it somewhere. And so I feel sorry for the people at the sinks wiping their yogurt pots clean and their baked bean cans. Because <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I guess. No, you're you're foolish. Garden. You're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're idiots. No, you've been lied to. They're not idiots. They've yeah. been lied to. You hadn't been lied to. You just guessed. I was lazy. Yeah. You were lazy and then used it as a Yeah, yeah and then was like, what all came up Pasco in the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Saved all that time. But apparently that's true. Apparently they send off the yeah. the rubbish to places like Poland where exactly. they just try and get it burnt off and it doesn't, yeah. doesn't do anything. Or they bury it in places or drop it at sea and it's all terrible. Yeah. And if do you know if the whole world, mm. every single person in the world was recycled everyone recycled and all businesses were recyclable and everyone used like ethical sort of means and all these different things. We'd only clear up 7% of the world's plastic. Mm. 7%. We're absolutely buggered. We absolutely are. Yeah. So do you, do you try and do your things for the environment? Uh, I just, Here we go. I just had a baby and I think that's the worst thing you can do for the environment ever. <laughs> you just like <laughs> literally bring another consumer into the world. How many, really have you not offset your carbon emissions yet? I haven't. Actually. Can you do that with a baby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you tell them they have to plant 5,000 trees <laughs> because of all the nappies you use. You know? Well, you tell the baby they have yeah. to. Well, right then just and so, there. You're not going to school, you're going to tree planting. <laughs> yeah, you're going to the woods. Well, yeah, you're going woods. to Brazil, to the Amazon. You're going to say sorry first. <laughs> no, and you can't fly there. I'm sorry. You have to walk there. Yeah, walk there or swim. And then you've got a lot of planting to do. And then maybe back in time for your GCSEs. <laughs> yeah, I've got all of the guilt, but I don't, I don't think I do anything constructive, actually. Uh, and I hate all of those statistics about, oh, if you stopped doing this, like there's lots of stats about, you know, cows. Yeah. Like, but I don't know any of the stats. Than, well, cows are worse than flying. <laughs> It's like it was like you're about to say something else and you couldn't quite so you went flying. Flying. <laughs> yeah. Do you know you get halfway through a fact and go, This is hearsay at most, and I don't know any of the numbers. No, the worst is when I don't think you ever have this, mm. but I have this a lot, is when you're at a dinner party and you're you're telling a story that mm. you think is quite funny. Mm. And as you're getting so halfway I got the through hummus pot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then I took and my now, pants off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that happens and as you're getting towards the end of the story you realize it's not going to be funny and other people oh, have drifted off I, and I, so then you almost lie and you make up a punchline well that is stand-up comedy 
<laughs> that is what that is. It's that what you wish you'd said, what you'd wish you'd done. Yeah. You just kind of fudge it. I have the thing where I realize it isn't my story. Someone told it to me and sometimes they're there. Oh, so you're halfway through telling it and then you look at them and you go, oh shit, this a, is I'm yours. I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> oh and I'll start the story and I'll have added some details, yeah. like some flourishes. You've, you've and then halfway it. through, I can see from their face and I'll be like, oh, Katie told this to me. <laughs> <laughs> she met Robbie Williams. <laughs> You just have to like wink at them or something, but like, yeah. come on, just let no, me go. No, then I go, it. oh, that's exactly the same thing happened to me, that's strange. <laughs> and then you also lie. Yeah. You keep lying through it. But do you, so yeah. that is, is that what stand-up comedy is, you think, where you, you, you're the type of, comedians are the type of people who go, God, I, I wish I'd said that. that. I think it's the part of your brain that fictionalizes to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. Really? And so it's a version of the truth that the really good comics, they say it very truthfully. So you I, feel like someone's telling exactly how they felt and exactly what happened. I always find it. I always find it tricky because as a comedian, you're always looking for content. Yeah, and that's tough. I, I've said this before. I said it. to, I think Phil Wang who came mm. on and he. I said you're, everything's content all the mm. time, which which becomes chaotic because then when do you switch off and switch on? Yeah, because you you can't switch off and switch on. You don't. And I also think it makes you quite a bad friend. Because other people are going through sort of, you know, a tragedy. And you're and looking at like, it as content. Oh, this is juicy stuff. So you're, <laughs> you're, is, oh, what a nightmare. And you walked in on him, did you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you're thinking, oh, this is great. And um, you do a thing, someone else will be talking. And again, it could be quite, and then you think, is there something in that? Is there something in that? <laughs> I think it was, yeah. it was, it was Lisa Hunters, someone who said to us that um, she, she had as well friends content. And one of her friends... <laughs> had a one night stand with someone and he didn't take off his jacket oh yeah he's he just wore a parka the whole way through or something ridiculous oh no did he take off his clothes underneath I the parka I think he just took his trousers off <laughs> That's awful. That it's quite handy if you need to if you need to get out of there quick. Though. Yeah, you've got your jacket on, you can just run. run out of the also, door. depending on like if you're if you're on top of someone who's wearing a coat, at least it's like on the bed underneath. But if they're on top of you, like essentially you're wearing the coat as well. Yeah, it's for quite, a lot quite of it. hot, yeah. quite stuffy. Yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of uh, sex, mm. you just had a baby. I just had a baby, but by IVF, not sex. You had a baby, IVF, oh, wow. IVF baby. Yeah. Oh my god. Can we? Can we? So talk talk me through the whole thing. Um. Well, first of all, you have to be very sad and infertile. <laughs> That's pretty much the bottom line. Sad, sad and infertile. And, oh, yeah. If, you just, if you're yeah. happily if you're infertile, happy, they you're they like punching the air going, what a waste of condoms all this time. Um, so you have to be sad about it. I found the whole process amazing. And I know it's because I'm from this sort of positive place at the end of it where it mm, worked. Mm. The science of it is incredible. They're so yeah. good at it now. And... So you take hormones, you get healthy. That's why I wasn't drinking. So you don't drink uh, for months and you mm-hmm. look at your diet and you take supplements and then you inject yourself. And I'm, I don't mind needles. So that bit was... From your heroin days. From my... <laughs> you <laughs> I don't want to joke about heroin. He gave me a bag of candy kittens when I got here. I don't want a bag of heroin when I leave. <laughs> Whatever um, you like, we have it. <laughs> yeah. have. So, but, it is, but it's amazing. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so then um, they take eggs and... Um, that your partner goes and masturbates if you're going with a partner. And then the amazing thing is they make embryos and then they judge sort of who's doing well and who's not doing well. And then you get to watch it go inside you. So it's not, no, not amazing, Wait, what, which what, what, I didn't what? know. You get to watch you watch the... them put the embryo back inside you. Right. So what, on, on a, an on ultrasound, a, on, a, on, a screen, on a screen, on a screen, oh like a, a shooting star. And that's so actually... It's like asteroids, like the old computer game or something. Yeah, but with people. <laughs> that's crazy. Real people inside. So, so it's not something that you're really separate from mm. which is what i had expected it to be like it's clinical but 
it's not without lots of emotion and mm. magic, actually. I thought that bit was magic. My husband was there as well. And then, yeah, I found out we were pregnant. And then because, you know, it's a healthy embryo, mm. Because I'm 40 and mm. I've had a uh, lost one. So there's all of these things that if you can't try to conceive naturally when you're mm. older, you have a lot more worry. And there was still lots of anxiety. And as I say, candy kittens were my... Yeah, um, that's, that's what that's what that I got addicted my, to. You got addicted my, during pregnancy. Just, just nailing candy kittens really? all the time. Yeah, that was my craving. Oh, wow. But yeah. I... But I yeah. <laughs> Better than the heroin. <laughs> but, but I had a very big baby. <laughs> and they oh, kept saying, have you got gestational like diabetes? And I was like, I've been eating a lot of sweeties. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm how not advising you. How big is the baby? Was it... Now, he's, he's in the 99th percentile. He's really tall. <laughs> He's, he's not like six foot, dude. Yeah, yeah he's six foot. It's gonna be great in Brazil when he's yeah. planting those trees. It's That's right. Huge. <laughs> is he very big? Yeah. So, so how many pounds was he when he came oh, out? Oh, pounds. Actually, he was only nine pounds, but I had him early. Um, is that quite big? Size. Nine pounds? It's bigger. It's bigger. Yeah, I think about seven and a half. It's not massive. It's not like giant. It wasn't in the Guinness Book of Records. Six actually. pounds of it was candy kittens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but it's amazing. I had no clue about this. You know, especially with things like um, firstly, when when you have to get pregnant, mm. I always think and this, you do have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Pope says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what you do, right? You have to do, yeah. right? <laughs> but uh, it's one of the only scenarios when you want to get pregnant is that you go from being told to never get pregnant because it's bad. So use protection, mm. use whatever you can, don't, whatever it is, to suddenly going, well, now get pregnant. Yeah. There's no in-between process. And still, in our current climate, especially with, uh, you know, the, the advancement of medicine and things like that, we're still not told whether or not we're fertile. Yeah. There's no process. Yeah, my husband has got a big problem with that. Like his sex education at school, he said they never, because they were so desperate for us not to get anyone pregnant, mm. there was never any conversation about any other scenario. Mm. So they don't talk about homosexuality. They don't talk about mm -mm. all of the things you can do that don't get people pregnant. And they don't talk about that some people, it's not that simple. It's not going to be this thing that happens straight away because they mm. don't want you to know that. I but guess. why don't they want you to know that? Because I don't know. Or maybe they don't think it's their responsibility to talk about it. But it's, it's such a responsibility of teachers and adults and parents and things like that. Because do you know, the, you know, and you probably went through the same things. I remember speaking for you is that so my fiancés. Do yeah. you like the word fiancé? No, I hate it. Oh, do you? I don't like it. Because you did really cringe. I thought, do you hate her I, I, or yeah. <laughs> I hate it. It's mixed. Yeah, <laughs> it's a real mixed emotion, especially at the moment. Um, but yeah, fiancé is a weird term. But mm. her sister has frozen her ex mm. and... She went through this whole process of it and it was really intense and yeah. they managed to get a couple eggs and, it was, and it's okay. But she said, and I have other friends who are in their 30s trying to have a baby and they said, if only I was told earlier, if I had yeah. checked earlier, if all these things had happened earlier. Right. So then really we tricky. we went to the sperm bank and did it. I did, did you? It. Yeah, I did it. Wait, you frozen your sperm? No, I went to the embryos. sperm bank. I went and wanked in a cup. So you got embryos? Well, I didn't, I didn't, I got oh. rid of the cup. <laughs> you wanked out some embryos. Yeah, no. Did they want you to go in the clinic? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hummus all over yeah, again. Yeah. Just went into a room and he didn't, he didn't have an appointment. <laughs> he just, he just, just turned up. Just up a building. Started wanking in the reception. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, get out. No, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Wait, what wait, did you do? So you've frozen your sperm? No, I didn't freeze anything. I just, oh, I went yeah. and checked it. Oh, oh I see. Sorry. Have I not explained that? I just talked about wanking in a cup. So sperm bank. So you went and had your sperm looked at. Yeah. I see. How is it? Have I not told you this? No. I'm sure I've spoken no, about, this. about this. Oh my God. So it's the weirdest scenario. You go to this, you go to this place, wherever it is. There's loads of them, I'm yeah. sure. So and Harley Street, was it? I was not Harley Street. I was right. East London. Okay. I was, yeah, very edgy. <laughs> Why yeah. have you gone I, to East London? Because I wanted edgy. my sperm to be edgy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wherever you wank, that's what it comes. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, you walk in there and there's a receptionist and the receptionist knows why you're there. So you're sort of, it's quite a weird story. You're, you're, so name and you're going Jamie Lang and things mm. like that 
And, then, and I'm thinking, well, you know why I'm here. And it's to masturbate into a cup. <laughs> and they know that as well. Yeah. So it's a weird sort of... But also, I think they're also very over it. Like, it's yeah. the first time you've... Well, apart from the hummus, time you've masturbated into a little plastic cup. But No, I've done that a few times already. Yeah, yeah. It was a similar yeah. sentiment when we used to go clubbing, I think. Girls knew why you were there. It was to take them home and masturbate into a cup. <laughs> Show them what you're capable of. Yeah. yeah. But so do you think the first day that they sit there as a receptionist, they're going, oh. I used to, I, when I was temping, I years ago worked on a sexual health clinic just off Tottenham Court Road. Mm. And so I used to have to make people's follow-up appointments when they'd got results oh. and I did find it and I never really got over it actually. Wait, when an STD clinic? That's got yeah. a slightly different... No. Yeah, because, and because it's Tottenham Court Road, it was often people who were travelling and because of the NHS, which is fantastic, it means that people can have their sexual health checks here. So they mm. wouldn't do it in a country would have cost them lots of money. They would do it when they were here and get their medicine for free, which is, I think, brilliant. Yeah, like, that's a great way. Yeah, the less stuff that's floating around, the better for all of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, get, were some patients who came in uh, very different when they walked out, some, some of them would have been, because that would have happened all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my Especially God. Especially if they'd come in a couple and then one of them finds out, like, <gasps> oh, that's why you brought me here. <laughs> oh oh God. Yeah. my God. Yeah. It's, it's bad. So, so anyway, you, what you do is you go and then you, uh, you get taken to a room and you get taken to this room and uh, you sit in this room. What's the room? Did they give you materials? Yeah, they do. They give you like 80s porn. Yes. It's either that or you get a laminated iPad, which is what my <laughs> husband got. <laughs> what? That so is the not, worst I, I, image I have ever. Isn't it grim? So rather than having the very old-fashioned magazines, they're obviously like <laughs> getting with the times, but it's covered in plastic, so they've like wiped it. That down is the most yeah. disgusting oh thing I've ever heard. They have a so, laminated so you iPad. Then, you can then access whatever yeah. material you want through the iPad. Okay, got you. They have a laminated iPad. You <laughs> want? You would expect these rooms to be a little more sexy. Like, like you would. You want to walk in there, maybe music's playing. But then they'd never get rid of the blokes. I was going to say they, they people are going to hang around. Yeah. I can go again. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something weirdly sexy about it. Like you're, because you've never, you know, when you're, okay, you know, when you're going to have sex and you're yeah. like, oh, this is quite exciting. Don't know why I was clapping. <laughs> Very childlike. Yeah. You're going to have sex. It's quite exciting. It's like at the moment you're like, oh, this is exciting. It's the same thing when you're going to one of these uh, sperm clinics because you get taken to the room and it's like you're being led to this chamber. And then you, you open up the door and there's just a chair sitting in there and there's a TV on the wall and you can watch 80s porn. It's all the only place where you go, well, this is the only place I can really watch porn without feeling bad about it. Right. Mm. That's right. Yeah, and it's the, medical. It's medical. So you then do whatever you need to do. You then put your... And, and when you finish whatever you need to do, you never run out of somewhere so quick because it's so embarrassing. You put it in there and you almost feel like immediate regret. But you don't see anyone on the way out, do you? No, you don't see anyone. I thought they I was going to. They don't to. come back for you. Yeah. You so should, you're, you're able to quite, scuttle away. You, you I didn't realise that. I, I was like pressing the lift. Like, hurry up. Like, <laughs> you should be quite good at that. You've had years of practice. of Scuttling away. Shoot, shooting your load and then running away. And then, <laughs> but, then, but then the results, that's what we need to know. Oh, so then the... the uh, little Jamie Lang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Here we go. It? Yeah, little drum rolls. Um, so I got a call. They went, hello. And I went, hello. And uh, they went, this is Dr. Ever. And I went, hello, Dr. Ever. And they said, um, your results are back. And I said, well, what is it? And they said, I would like to give you an A star. Oh. But you've got good she, So good you're, meant to have, you're meant to have a minimum of, for men, it's a minimum of 40 million sperm. Mm -hmm. That's what you meant to have. That's mm -hmm. like the sort of lowest mark that you sort of in terms of having a healthy amount. I had 320 million. 
Amazing. Whoa. Yeah. Well, you got fucking loads. I got loads yeah. of them. I got loads of them. Powerful. Well done. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that. But Sophie, she had hers checked, and I think hers were a bit more complicated. But I, I, that for women, typically, it seems a little bit more complicated. But it is, and also, I mean, they they can't tell you with with sperm. They can look through a microscope and absolutely go, they're swimming the wrong way. They've got no heads. Give you. A, <laughs> Which it says a lot about a lot the dif- them, different yeah. sexes. We're a lot more straightforward. Yes. Whereas women. Which is why men are better. <laughs> I don't know why people yeah, yeah. keep denying yeah, it. Yeah, thank God we got round to it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we were trying to get yeah. to. Whereas with a, a woman, what they can do is they can tell you things like um, how many follicles you've got or the lining or this needs to happen. But, but it's a very inexact, I think it's more of an mm. inexact science because all you need is to ovulate a healthy ovum at the right time in your cycle when you've had unprotected yeah. sex and you're going to have a, a healthy baby, hopefully. So... It's, yeah. it's, but again, one of those things for for you, it goes back to the same thing. That's sort of interesting content, mm. right, for yourself. Because even though it's a sort of anxiety-driven experience and it's full of lots of ups mm. and downs and things like that, it's sort of you again. It's like content, which yes. is a weird sort of juxtaposition. Yeah, it is. But what I would say is, what's difficult about people finding out those things before they're with the person that they want to have a family with mm-hmm. is, would you want it hanging over you? Like, would you want someone to tell you at twenty-two? Oh, by the way, you're infertile, or you're going to find this difficult. I've got um, like PCOS, That's so true. and lots of people, are t- lots of people then think as a teenager, I'm not going to be able to have a family, or they meet someone on a date mm. and they're talking about that stuff too early because they're not able to just find out what happens over years. They have yeah. to say, oh, by the way, I'm thirty-four. I don't have many eggs. So I never thought of that. Do you not? Th- that, that is totally, the pressure uh, absolutely. And also in terms of life decisions, you want everyone to flourish and concentrate on their jobs and try different jobs if they hate that job. You don't want them thinking, I don't have any time. Mm. Wow. So then you're stuck in a, in, a, in a place where you don't really know what to do. And because, it might make you unhappy when you don't need to be, because it might all be fine. Uh, yeah. it's, like one yeah. of the, it's like one of those things, which is, um, would you rather be told when you die or how you die? Mm. That is the kind of same scenario. It's like, what do you yeah. pick? Well, yeah, oh, what do you pick? Yeah, I don't know. I always love that thing about how every year you live through the date of your death, but you don't know. Oh my God. Every year. Yeah. Could be today. But it's so true. Yeah. I, I also, which I didn't realize, and uh, you said this before, but I didn't realize the amount of women that have miscarriages. Yeah. It, it's something like one in yeah. three. Yeah, it's a lot. And I, um, it, it's such a, when, when it happened to me, it was just so horrendously awful because we've been trying to get pregnant for ages. Mm. And um, I actually didn't find the commonality of it any, um, Easier. Consolation, because someone people going, oh, you know, it's so common, and I was like, other people, I don't care about anyone else's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, really care about mine. Yeah. But what I think is fantastic, even you bringing it up, the fact is that you do know it. Like mm. there isn't a new word in your mouth. You know when it's happened to friends, or mm. so I do think. Hopefully, what there is is just no secrecy about it, and also that thing about people not being able to talk to people about their pregnancy early on in case it happens, which is such a backwards thing. But I, th- but I think it's... So people don't talk about it in Until case 12 it... weeks. Yeah, you're not meant to. Yeah, with pre- well, so we're not meant to. People really do think it's like a rule. And after 12 weeks, you get a scan and then you start letting people in, right, okay. which means that if you do have a miscarriage, you're essentially going to work, traveling everywhere with all of this pain and very few people to talk to. And the same for, with heterosexual people, same for men. Like, I think they go through so much yeah, I, I think so. Well. I think it's. I think it's probably. I, I haven't obviously touched wood, and I, 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 you know, th- that hasn't happened. But I think it, it's. I think for. I'm guessing for a woman though, because that's something inside of you, right? And also from from experience from other people who've been telling me, and Elizabeth Day, who oh, is, yeah. she talks about it, how she had yeah. it in um, 
the bathroom. Yeah. She had it in the bathroom and she was embarrassed. Yeah. She had a miscode. Well, she, she it was talk- in Fleabag, actually. Yeah, so- when um so Elizabeth Day's podcast How to Fail when mm. she interviews Phoebe Waller-Bridge there's this really exceptional conversation about how Phoebe had borrowed Elizabeth's miscarriage mm. and essentially Elizabeth had been interviewing she's a journalist interviewing someone and when she'd gone to the bathroom she started bleeding right. and then she'd gone back and carried on with the interview because she was too embarrassed I don't yes. know if that was the word she used but essentially she didn't know how to so she was just professional carried on and that really struck Phoebe and then she kind of borrowed it and put it into the second series of Fleabag with the sister character. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is uh, in, insane that actually what happens is with, I mean, a huge amount of women and men probably, but women, because they have to experience it, there's a sense of almost shame or embarrassment or like, oh God, this has happened. I don't really want to tell anyone, don't want to make mm. a fuss. And you continue. It's, that's yeah. but wild. I think, but I think it's also, I, I would say it's a, quite a shock. So actually there are situations where you don't deal with it at the time. Mm. Like, you, you kind of cope for a bit. And then afterwards you go, isn't that odd that I went into well, that numb place and it's, it's carried kind on? It's like mourning. You're mourning a loss almost. And a lot of people, when they go through mourning, they don't deal with it. Absolutely, there, especially they, not. They delay it. So I imagine yeah. that's probably what And happens. they keep going, actually, I feel fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel fine that daddy's dead. <laughs> and then six <laughs> and months go, later, yeah, they're good, like, okay. <laughs> turns out I'm not fine. Yeah, actually. yeah. 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 That is literally a friend like that at the moment who is grieving, but hasn't started the grieving bit. Like, I'm just doing loads of admin. It's just lots of admin. That's all that death <laughs> You're is. Like, isn't oh, it? God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, is, yeah. <laughs> that is what happens. You go to this sort of manic stage, I think. But, I, but I, also what, you know, and not to really pry, but I suppose that's private parts, is... I think this is a perfect sex education yeah, yeah. podcast. I think that's what... Less cheese. Yeah. <laughs> More sex yeah. education. This is what we need, right? Yeah. But, it, but it's very easy, right, when you, when you say something like that to what could normally happen, especially um, from uh, men, is that you go, okay, we don't really know what to say here, so let's not talk mm. about it. But actually, the important thing is to talk about it because um, I think actually a lot of the time people get embarrassed that they've asked the wrong question or said something. Oh, yeah. But actually, it's, it's interesting to know these things yeah. because it should be wider known that this happens a huge amount and how upsetting it is. I think about all human experiences, Jamie, we sometimes feel like, oh, I'm not qualified to ask because I don't know. And I think a well-meaning, well-intentioned question, and then someone can either say, I don't want to talk about it, or, oh, um, you, you, don't, you don't understand this. Mm. I, th- I, I feel like that's the thing is that quite often when we're worried... We shut things down. It's very British and let's not talk about anything emotional. Like it's, mm. it's so clear when someone's asking a question because they genuinely care and are interested that you couldn't be offended or upset. Mm. Yeah, but, that, but then also we're living in this time, which we're going to get to, is a time of like cancellation and things like that. So then you start to go, oh God, what can I say or what can't I oh, say? Oh, do you worry about that? No, I don't care. <laughs> do Heroin. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Do you ever, when you record your podcast, do you ever afterwards think like, oh, I made that joke? You do sometimes. Do you? Well. I don't ever. That's not true. When you, do I? Well, do when the last time I get? Nah, I'm not really. Because yeah, I don't, because I think that actually people think that I'm harmless. Like, so people know that I'm not out there being, making sort of, 
really heavy political view political views about stuff and mm. or saying things which I truly believe I'm more questioning things, it's right? Yeah. So it's the same wolf in uh, sheep's clothing or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think that's who I am, yeah. right? Yeah. But I but I, I, I think more the question is when you when you had the miscarriage, how did that emotionally make you feel? I mean I was absolutely destroyed. I'm, really? I'm bringing it up now. It was um, sort of just over a year ago. Yeah. And then we got pregnant a couple of months later. But um, I was absolutely destroyed. And even um, I look at photographs of me at the time, or like because of work, sometimes I've been filmed and I can just see how sad I am in my eyes. Yeah. And I honestly thought I was never going to be okay again. Oh. And so even in answering that question, I do feel okay again. Yeah. But also I'm really wary of the narrative of because I had a baby. And it's not that, because I know that there's this thing of like, oh, we lost one, but then we got one or mm. we did IVF because we were lucky enough to have resources and to yeah. do that. But yeah, I really thought I was never going to be okay. Oh my God. Yeah. And that's the thing is, it, that thing, that's the thing about the commonality. Like for me, it was like, oh, that was the end of my universe. Because, because it had taken us so long, what I didn't realize and what's so unfair is... um when you have like this miracle, like when so we were about to start IVF when I got pregnant naturally. Mm. So we were waiting, you have to start, you start it when you start your period. So you're waiting for a period, didn't happen. Waiting for a period, didn't happen. It was like 35 days. And our nurse said, oh, have you done a pregnancy test? And so I did one. And then it was like that whole day, we couldn't even say the words to each other because this magic thing had happened and we'd got pregnant oh naturally. So the, so the start of it was so, oh my God, the miracle. And I, because it was a miracle, I was like, this person just wanted to exist. Yeah. And look how long we waited for them. So, and so then when I started bleeding, it was like, no, 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 no. Like, this is not the narrative. You don't have a miracle uh, to feel, have it yeah. taken away. And then um, I was really worried at the hospital that they would be really callous. Mm. That I thought, because these nurses see it all the time, and just because it's the end of my universe. And actually they were so kind. They were so kind because they... They said, if you've been trying for, they basically said, if you're an old woman who's been trying for years and years, it's, it's heartbreaking. So they, they allowed me to be heartbroken. <laughs> you call yourself an old woman. <laughs> no, in, in terms of fertility, that's what I definitely felt like. And I felt like I deserved it. And that actually I had, had all of that guilt. Because, but why? Because if I'd had kids at 30, maybe I wouldn't have had a miscarriage, but I didn't, I wasn't in love at 30. Yeah, and so also I didn't, want, I didn't want children mm. in my early 30s. I'm one of those people who went from, I definitely, definitely don't want kids. Yeah. Maybe I do want kids. I don't know. When I was 35, I was suddenly like, oh my God, life is so long. Like, what do you do if you're not making yeah. packed lunches? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Life is. I, I, I was like, it's so short. It's so short. And then you get to like 36 <laughs> or 37. Like, oh my God, I'm so bored. I've done everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fucking long. Yeah, really long. It's no one's really tells long. You. And then I suddenly started thinking about like generativity and being part of a community and wanting to of the different values I had to my life so then I was in this place and then I met my husband who's much younger than me and definitely wanted children how much younger I think six or seven years seven years there younger yeah here we go here we go here we go so I met my young husband and um, does he wear a jacket when <laughs> Keeps it on. Keeps he always, all, he actually keeps all his clothes on. Only takes off his socks. I think that this might. This is where you were going wrong. This is why you struggled for so many years. Why did you know that the clinic asked to your husband keep all his clothes on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only you yeah, knew. That's, that's why his sperm count was so low. Is because he was trying to get them through denim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which it was actually impressive that he managed to get any, any of at all. Yeah. Majority is quite a hard fabric. Yeah. So we, we did just sperm test, and they're all wearing parkas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should really think about changing your jeans because yeah. they're very strange, crusty white. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
that was the line. Yeah, yeah. The, the joke Too stopped gone. being yeah, fun. Yeah. Then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, now yeah. you're cancelled. Yeah, now yeah. I see I'm why gonna, you're worried. I'm be the genes. Oh. Yeah. But so it's true. So you then feel this guilt because you're you're thinking, well, if only this had happened earlier, then I wouldn't be in this situation. Yes. And you'll and you'll feel um, a sense of. Uh, I don't know what it would be, but towards your partner, you feel like, I'm sorry that this is now, you feel a sense it's of... It's definitely a joint experience. Yeah. And I think... You blame yourself, so, right? Yeah, Rather so in than... heterosexual couples, I think what probably happens is the man feels, oh, I'm not allowed any emotions because it's, it's her, her yeah. body. And then she feels, I couldn't give you something you were so desperate for. So, oh. I, so I think, it, and, but, but I think hopefully... Or like with all sad things, you want it. You want to communicate and it to bring you closer together rather than all. Oh, we I don't I, talk I about it. I definitely feel like with men there is this weird like paternal thing that happens, and then suddenly when the baby's gone, it like it really fucks with their heads as well. But you're so right about like them not allowed to necessarily feel that because it's not in them. Type yeah, thing. or they have to put it away to wait. Um, me and my husband both have you lock it up. Thera- lock have therapy. It up. Yeah, and um, something my therapist brought up after months and months after the miscarriage um was she 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 said that she felt my husband was waiting until there was space and then he would be able to do his grieving because he had had to be so be strong empathetic yeah. and strong and and considerate to me so it's almost like we both did my phase and mm. then it was like waiting for his, his time Just to watching go. Watching the clock. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hurry up. Yeah. Hey, are you okay today? Yeah. 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 She seems pretty Hurry choppy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. I'm going to start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, but it's, it's true. And I think that, um, I think it's very brave to talk about those things mm. as well because it's such a personal experience. Yeah. But I, this is where to come back to the original, original thing about the comic, the, the comedians, people like me and Phil Wang and Lucy Sanders who do talk about our lives. Mm. There's also a wiring that makes you want to share everything. And not everything is suitable for jokes, but you do still have a little thing about, okay, attention. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about my worst day. Yeah, but that's yeah. true. But, th- but that also must be very therapeutic because you can get yeah. to go on stage and you talk about things that make you feel better, that you get off your chest. And yeah. also you make it in a funny way. And as we know, humor is the greatest medicine mm. out there. So actually then you turn to what is a terrible situation and not into a better situation. I've never tried morphine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, that stuff is good. But it's true. Yeah. You know, it's either that or what you go and start drinking. And that's what a lot of people do, right? You, you yeah. have to like get it out of you somehow. It's, it's, it's beautifully communal. So comedy in general, whether you're talking about, oh, using a little machine at Tesco or um, something deeply personal, what you mm. feel in laughter is like absolute recognition. Like, ah, oh, we understand the emotions you're talking well, you, about. We have the same human experiences. You've with a human, right? And yeah. You're getting an actual physical yeah. response back. And so, so it's and, it, quite... and it's great. And uh, connection is exactly what it is when it works. The laughter yeah. is like, we're with you. Yeah. And it's, Brilliant. But I think the lack of And the lack of laughter is is try again. (laughs) Yeah. But but then when you're on stage and you start talking about, let's say, a miscarriage or something Mm. like that, which is typically not a funny Mm. subject. Yeah. And the audience then are thinking, well, I'm here to laugh. Yeah. And so you because and also we know in comedy, right, the the punchline is the thing that you're not expecting almost, right? That's the that's the point of sort of comedy in Mm. in a sense. But when you're making a joke about your own self and it's to do with miscarriage or whatever Mm. it is, or divorce or whatever, you know, breaking up, whatever it is. There's a sense of like, God, are we laughing? Is this the right place to yeah. laugh? So you have to force that laugh over the edge. Well, I actually think the key is that you can only talk about those very sad things once you're okay. Because what you know is when someone's not okay and it's not funny. So laughter in general is, it's fine. We're all fine now. Mm. This is, we laugh because we know you're okay. 
So when, when you're actually still in it and it's still raw, mm. it's, there's, not, there's not that much laughing. I, and I've seen comics come out when something big's going on, can be divorce or bereavement or something. Yeah. And they come out and talk about it when they're not. And the audience literally just go, I just want, I need you to be okay. Oh, when, so they curl up, yes. they sense it. No, and, oh, yeah. yeah, and it's the same with, um, actually, it's the same with heckling and stuff. You heckle and actually looks like they can take it. You don't heckle someone who's having the worst gig of their life, usually. Really? Yeah, they, 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 they heckle people who seem like they can handle it because it's too uncomfortable to watch someone having a I terrible never, time. That's such a, that's such a sort of psychological way of the, the audience knowing that. As it, they, they might be very quiet. When you're very new at comedy, no one heckles you and you think it's because you're amazing. Mm. And then you realize it's because you, you would have fallen over. <laughs> like, yeah, you were so bad. No one thought this is going to be fun, Reparte. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they, they didn't need to heckle you. <laughs> no, they didn't need to. It's, it's, like, killing yourself, a, it's yeah. like killing in cold blood. It's like yeah. literally just going, well, now I'm going to heckle him. It's not even yes, funny. because yeah. just And it's just like, oh God, that person so needs us to, this to go well and it clearly isn't <laughs> so, going well. Like hunting a baby deer, it's like, yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. yeah, and you wait until someone's like, Hey, how you all doing? And it's like, I'm gonna take that person down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why is it that though? Why, when you have confidence on stage, do people go, Right, I'm gonna try and take that person Most down? Most people don't. I just guess then it seems like, Well, this is fair play. You've come out here and said you're gonna entertain me, I'm not entertained. Let so, me let me tell you. Oh, you might, as a, as a comic, you must just really understand the psyche of individuals. You, you, because you know what makes people laugh, right? Mm -hmm. And you know what people makes people not laugh. So therefore you understand what people are like because you understand what triggers they have. And, and that's yeah. weird. So then when you, you can read body language and understand someone so well. You definitely way. get obsessed with it. Yeah. But what you're, what's obsessing is that it's always different. So like an audience is not the same, doesn't have the same qualities. Stuart Lee's had an amazing routine of several years ago about inconsistency and about how your best bit when it doesn't work because the audience is different. Right. So it's your best joke. It's your best writing. You've performed it to the best of your ability, mm. but they just, for, for, for other reasons to do with them or the room or things that have happened, or maybe you stumbled and didn't realize it's that that's obsessing. That you're, you could be quite so good at your job and then terrible at your job the next night. Why does that happen? It, it, I, 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 I've yeah. said this on the podcast before. I did stand up. And, did uh, you? Yeah, I did it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, don't worry. You, well, you didn't hear. You didn't hear, right? How, how, yeah, how, so, that's so mad. Where, yeah, did, where, that, did, where did you do stand up? So, when you were already <sighs> successful or before? Uh, no, uh, when I was doing Chelsea and things like that. I so, see, so okay. And I did it at the comedy store. Oh, did you? Yeah, I don't think they were liked they nice that. nice to you? Uh, no. The audience were very nice. Okay. In the first one. Yeah. And I thought I was king of comedy. I, it's an amazing feeling. Oh my, I walked up and went... Pfft, yeah. Should have been doing this for years. Yeah. It's so an amazing it. feeling. But then the second time, I said this before, when you lose the room. Yeah. I lost the room. And, oh, oh, awful. And, and I, I didn't realize losing the room was a thing. Yeah. Like it actually is a, you see people, you know, when you're so embarrassed, your, your feet curl, mm -mm. you do that and, and your shoes go, you can see yeah. people doing that. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, this yeah. is terrible. Yeah. But, and also it happens a lot. And the, the only difference is you don't have any of the tools because it's happened to you hundreds of times yeah. to try and go, well, this is, I mean, because you have to acknowledge that situation and you have to show fearlessness. Mm. You would have been scared. So that, so you lose them. And rather than going, I've lost hundreds of rooms and then had standing ovations after winning them back. I'm not scared of this. Instead, you go, I've lost them. <laughs> They've gone forever. And I have to carry on. <laughs> yeah. I, I pretend yeah. to take like a fake phone call. Mate, you think on stage, oh, you, you think, how can I get out of this? And you hear your own voice and you're, you're talking, yeah. but also in your head. Yeah, so the yeah, two yeah, things happen, imagine. you go, I'm actually insane. How is this still going? <laughs> There's a louder voice in my head saying, run. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It actually is true. Oh, it's, it's awful. It's, it's like you do, you hear your voice and then you hear an echo, but it's not the echo that's in your head. Your head is going, this is fucking shit. This is yeah. shit. Get out of here. Yeah. Fake, uh, fake and, then, a, and then you meet fake eyes with attack. someone who goes, oh, no. <laughs> I doesn't want to meet eyes. 
surprised with you. Like, don't look at me. And you're like, why? I thought that was a nice lady. <laughs> it's, it's literal yeah, hell. You, it sounds you, like hell. You're yeah. on stage in the centre of the dent. You're centre of the and you're also the plague. Yeah, and, <laughs> no one and wants to look. Sometimes you, th- you're because you're waiting for someone to go. This is so fucking shit. You're trying to work out what you would say in response to them going. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, I think that's actually what hell would be having yeah. to relive that every night. Yeah. Well, I told you the moment that I I had to. I told a joke and someone didn't hear it, so they told me to redo the punchline, <laughs> and they weren't even heckling. They just wanted to hear it. Oh really? Well, they went, Can you nice. do it again? And I went. Oh. So this is, wasn't like the film. This is just genuinely an audience member. An audience. Have another run of that. <laughs> yeah, it might yeah. hit the second time. Come yeah, on. it definitely didn't. The, oh. the thing is, in your absolute defence here, because yeah. people say, "Oh, stand up's really scary," and they think of something like that. You doing a proper long set at the comedy store, which is mm. the, like the biggest and most important club on the circuit. Mm-hmm. So, but really, how stand up starts is very, very privately. You do mm. very small gigs with a little pad. Or, and you do very short amounts of time. So by the time you get to that gig, you've got hundreds of gigs of practice. You don't get thrown in there like that. Even with the five minute tryout at the comedy store at the weekend, someone will have done 150 gigs before they get there. Get to do that. So they will have experience with certain things. It's so true though. Whereas you, you yeah. it's so unfair that setup. No, it's so true what you said though, is when that happens, they've gone. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've all gone. And with you, you're going, well, they've gone, but I can get them back somehow. Yeah. So you, you, you're trained into doing it. So just quickly before we end part one, I do want to know, you said that you never, and just because of mm. the private watch, like, you said that you never, thought that you could be yourself again you could find it again oh yeah and i think that's really profound because mm. um i think a lot of people who uh go through similar experiences or other experiences and i think everyone everyone speaking today have been through certain scenarios right but you do find yourself and when when you're in that scenario your brain is working so backwards against you mm. that you really feel you can never get out of it yeah and that's a really scary place to be in because yeah. you just think that you can never find happiness. Yeah. I actually started stand up when I uh, from a breakup and you know you have you have breakups then you have big breakups. Yeah. Um I'm sure you've both had one where you know <laughs> you, I uh, was sort of you know crying on the kitchen floor kind of yeah. It's when you're you, heaving classic. Yeah, yeah classic. don't don't want to eat ever again don't mm. like and you do just think that's that was it and yeah. and it's, it's a pain like a real physical pain. No, and you're so miserable. You're so miserable. People go, you look well. You're like, yeah, you're like, what? Fuck <laughs> off. Dead. I don't have any organs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and it's so, it's such a raw thing. So it's not about like that bit. Mm. I don't think there's any, you can't find a positive and you shouldn't. And I think that pain is just like happiness. It's another emotion and you, you do have to live through it. I think what can happen, I'm, I'm using that example because it's such a healable pain, yeah. which I wouldn't want to say about anything else but there then comes this like quite juicy bit after a breakup where it's slightly less raw where you get lots of energy you might write a poem oh. <laughs> you might you might oh, yeah. come down yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but you, you, sort of, mental. You, you sort of think oh i'm gonna join an evening class or <laughs> might write i'm gonna go a to a gallery like you, <laughs> sorry that's not that's not i might write it so you have a bit of energy so you go i can write a poem think go to like, evening when you've class. had a rejection and you're you're single and heartbroken so you're not like looking for anyone else that can be quite a creative time that's it's what an I mean. empowering moment yeah. so you're like Okay, I'm in a movie is. right yeah, now. Yes, so or you might book tickets for things. You just you you start thinking yeah. about life again. You're exploring things other than chasing someone else. Yeah, and there's a space left in your life. And you would just say what good comedians do yeah. is they acknowledge it and they make it really funny. I used to say it on stage for that situ- very situation. If I lost the audience, I'd go, "I know you're not having a good time now, and you know you're not having a good time now. We all know." <laughs> and I said, "But it's um, I said uh, uh, yes." It's, 
comedies like sex that um, if neither of us are enjoying it, we should just stop. <laughs> just uh, maybe finish ourselves <laughs> off at home, watch a Lee Evans DVD. <laughs> but, but you don't, but you carry on because what? it's more embarrassing to go, you're, you're not into this. And especially with sex, like it's so just awful that you just so well, maybe they don't know <laughs> I, <laughs> how badly this is going. I had that in sex once with someone. We, we, what, you? Yeah, yeah. This we, must have been pre-30. Yeah, I, I know, I was, yeah, yeah pre-30. Jay was, has this, uh, this saying where you've got a man. Yeah, men don't get good at sex until they're 27. 100%. Oh, yeah. Men don't. Post, they don't. Yeah. Post 30, you said. No, yeah. pre 27, so men aren't good at sex. Good, so, what makes men good at sex then? When they're not selfish. Okay. And you think that stops? I think it stops to 26, 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think, I think it's very dangerous to extrapolate to an entire gender. Yeah, no, I'm generalizing. So you, so, you in your late 20s started to realize, oh, there's someone else here sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's someone else. <laughs> yeah. But I had sex with someone, and I must have been about 19, 20. And it wasn't in 1920, but it sounded like it. <laughs> yeah, in 1920, yeah. we were having sex and uh, it was at the end of a sort of party and we were had sort of having, we started like hooking up and then having sex on the sofa and the, the lights were so bright oh, in, in the room. Where were you? Were you in the, yeah, it the was clinic? In, no, it was yeah. in, the, in the sitting room and we just, it was so awkward, the whole thing. And, and we just <laughs> both continued like, and, yeah. and it was the most okay. horrendous thing that's in the world that's what bad stand-ups like you're doing your best moves <laughs> that you've practiced before and they've mm. always worked and you're just getting this awkward response to it and you're like i only know other moves like this <laughs> so, there's no way this is gonna get any yeah, better yeah. If you're not like it because i did say yeah. i said in my first stand-up that one of the jokes was and i didn't say this in my second mm. one but i said uh, doing stand-up for the first time is like having sex uh, for the first time, I know I'm going to enjoy it. You're not, but I yeah, know that yeah. I am. And that one, they quite, they were That's so, a very funny observation. Yeah, that was a yeah, yeah. funny observation because I know that it's going to be okay for me. You're probably mm. not going to enjoy this. And that made them but feel more comfortable. it shows confidence is what I mean. So the acknowledgement of you're going to have a terrible time makes them think, oh, I'm actually quite enjoying that. Oh, that, that wow. So it brings you're down saying, the expectation. You're basically, you're very, you're, you're going, I'm terrible at this. Don't worry. I'm not scared. And they go, great. It's all great fun. Because you're allowing them because to come in. Because you're not going on going, hi, my name's Jamie Lang. If this doesn't go well, I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing rides on this. Like, this isn't my job. <laughs> like, I don't need this, like, gig money. <laughs> like, and then they go, oh, fantastic. It doesn't matter. It's so true. But, okay, just before we said then part one, but, um, so, but you're happy and okay now. Yes, thank you for Sorry, checking yeah, good, good, yeah. at the end of the half. <laughs> yeah. Let's get all the good bits. <laughs> all right, everyone, we'll stop there for part one. We'll see you in part two, everybody. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.